0: He sits down with former Badgers to break down the season. Whether it's on defense or offense, we got to put it to the team immediately. We talked about that. Is the hardest thing to pick up? I would like to see our corners play a little more aggressive. Now I think that's when our run game started to get going. This is the Wisconsin Football Roundtable. Now, here's your host, Zach Heilprin, on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
1: Yes, welcome into the Wisconsin Football Roundtable. Live from Coaches Club in Cross Plains, right on Main Street, getting ready for a big hacker game this afternoon tonight as they take on the Eagles, looking to go to four and zero for the first time since 2015. Badgers also getting ready to try to go to four and zero. They'll do so on Saturday against Northwestern. That's because they took care of Michigan with ease last Saturday. Mike was at. Uh, we'll bring in a bunch of four Badgers, including Mike Taylor. Mike Taylor was uh, talking last week about whether. He, it was going to be a one-point win, or whether it was going to be a twenty-one-point win. What would be most impressive? Was that a pr- impressive enough a win for you, Mike?
2: Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, you know, I'm, like we said last week, I'm just I'm messing. Oh, okay. I'm just mess- I was about with to you. go into like a big spiel. Yeah, but- yeah. No, I was messing <laughs> with you. It was
1: it was obviously impressive enough. Uh, joined by Mike Taylor for Badger, as well as four Badgers Brady Ewing and Bill Nagy here um, at Coaches Club. Yeah, no. Obviously, Wisconsin goes and gets a huge, huge win, 35-14. It was 35-0 uh, before Michigan got on the board. Needed some help, actually, to get on the board with a couple of targeting calls. We'll get into that and see what your, your take on that. But, Mike, what did we learn about Wisconsin in that th- 35-14 win that improved them to 3-0 and now they're back in the top ten of the country?
2: Yeah, I, I think it proved that Wisconsin going to be a big-time player this year in the Big Ten. Um, I think it says something about Michigan as well. You know, they, Michigan seems to come into the, each season, you know, being highly ranked or highly touted no matter, you know, the year, however they did the year before. So I think, you know, the Badgers kind of wanted to get out there, get to jump to an early lead, show what they could do. They knew it was going to be a big game. They knew the potential of Michigan. But, you know, was Michigan that, that great? Probably not. So I think they did what they probably were supposed to do, was score some points, keep them off the board for the most part. And overall come up with a, a good, hard-fought battle, a good victory for the Badgers. They, I mean, they did, but the
1: question going in was if it was going to be a one-point game, you know, how good is Wisconsin? How good is Wisconsin now that they beat them by 21? Or uh, what is it? I can't count. It's 21. 21. All right, good. Yeah,
3: yeah. Yeah, I think, <laughs> I think the thing I was most impressed with is just how they showed up with all the hype around the game. Um, yeah, was excited to see that. I thought they came out. You know, made a statement early in the game, went for it on fourth and one, backed up in their own territory, which was pretty cool. I think that shows a lot of trust in the defense and obviously the offense to get it done. Um, but then, you know, typical coach speak, excited to see how they, you know, where they're a big favorite in the game coming up. Right. You know, how can they respond to that now too? You know, coming off an emotional high, tough, tough opponent, supposedly highly ranked opponent. Um, yeah, so another challenge come up this week. Bill, do we have to
1: wait now? I mean, obviously it was a big win, right? I mean, we all know how we all think Michigan has some talent. We don't know how good they are, but they have a lot of talent. Um, At least recruiting ranking wise, they have a lot of talent. Do we now have to wait Bill until maybe Ohio state to learn how good this Wisconsin team can be, or do we know already?
4: I I think it's one of those where you have to prove yourself every week. Um, And just to go on what I think we learned from the Michigan game was just that we are physically able to hang with a team like Michigan and not hang with them, but, really demoralize Dominate. them i mean they they completely dominated and that was exciting to see so all the pieces are aligning where we can go to ohio state and compete against them but again you have to show up every week and prove it so are we at the spot i don't know but <laughs> I, it's one of those where you got to show up every week and you know pay your due did it feel a little bit uh, more though was that it was michigan that you did manhandle
1: that that type of school physically because we always think of michigan and maybe it's not appropriate anymore but you always think of them as a big, tough, physical team that's gonna that you're gonna have troubles with in the in the uh, in the
4: trenches. And I thought the defensive line and the offensive line owned that game for Wisconsin. Well, it's it's hard to compare year to year, but you look at last like last year, okay. Michigan's D line. Granted, Whipton. they had a few draft picks. And, yes, I mean they were had some really good NFL prospects and talent on that team. But regardless, I mean we got dominated last year. Yeah, and you can make the same thing. Hey, there's three guys on Wisconsin that are playing in the NFL. Sure. Um. So is it? 100% the weight room or is it the will is it the mentality is it the you know what they've taken from the off-season program with coach Kalaji and everybody else I think that's more the case um, which is awesome to see what is it uh, Mike mentioned it going
1: forward on fourth down at your own 34 yard line on the first drive of the game that's so anti-Paul Christ, is it not I mean it's a terrible
4: spot it,
1: it was a horrible spot, <laughs> and the. And, and I thought it was one of review, those. Where you got to be kidding me with yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, and the review—they even reviewed it and still spotted it
4: poorly. Unbelievable. Yeah, but at that, home getting that call—ridiculous.
1: That's, that's a totally anti-Paul Chris thing to do to go for it in that in that yeah. situation. He punts at his. He's a guy that's punted from his opponent's thirty-five yard line before, well, and he's going for it on his own thirty-four.
3: Well, what what is does it say s- about the offensive line and offensive what about line it, and and the Jonathan
4: Taylor? Sure, you got the best back. You it, got a Heisman Trophy p- potential. Like right. that's, you have to go for okay, it. Okay,
1: but then later on, you go for it on fourth and three from your from the the forty something, and you throw a ball down the field. You go for it on fourth and goal from like the one, and you do a quarterback sneak. It wasn't just Jonathan Taylor; it yeah. was the confidence Paul had in that offense, right?
3: I love that absolutely. It yeah. was, and I think you look at. I heard a stat too that you look at the history of a place like Michigan. I think that was the first time in since early two thousands mm. or maybe ever they've given up two hundred rushing yards to any single back. I don't know if that's. It's the first time Wisconsin. I a Wisconsin it's the first time Wisconsin, Wisconsin back back. has ever gone over two hundred yards
1: against them, and it was. I think they. I, I think Ezekiel Elliott put some put some yards okay. on him before, but no, two hundred yards for. a I mean, the guy that had it before, I think, was Larry Emery. Anybody ever heard of Larry Emery? I haven't. He was a Wisconsin running back at some point. He had one hundred eighty-five yards against him. I'm not sure they. Put, <laughs> I'm guessing they probably didn't win that game, but either way, I you know, and JT only played what two quarters and a little bit of change. I mean, he missed the entire second quarter, plays the third quarter, a little bit of the fourth. I just I I just thought that they took it to Michigan. Time and time again, they said, "I don't." It doesn't matter about those wings on the helmet. You know, you mentioned last yeah. week that you get that that feeling. Oh, it's wings on the helmet. Who gives a crap?
3: Yeah, they came out. Obviously, we're hungry with the mentality, and it starts up in the trenches with the O line. Um, it, it was fun to see, Mike. I was just going to say,
2: I think it shows, you know, what Paul Chris thinks of his own team, right? The confidence that he has, what he knows he has, the weapons he has, the offensive line. JT, obviously, I think we can just start to. See his confidence in his own team, where it's like, you know what? I know what I have. I know what my team is capable of. If we don't get this first down, guess what? I know I got a stellar defense that can, you know, maybe hold them as well too. So, I think it shows he he believes he has a complete team, offense, defense, even special teams. Where, it's, you know what? I feel really really good about my team.
1: I think the defense. You certainly talk about that. Chris Orr said said as much afterwards. The inside linebacker. He said, "I told Coach Chris." At the South Florida game, if you want to go for it on our own side of the field, I got you. Don't worry about it. We'll get you just fine. And that's something that you could not have done last year offensively or defensively,
2: had that much confidence. Yeah, it's one thing to say it talk about it, but, you know, against a team like Michigan to go out there and actually do it improve it and back up your words like that, that was awesome to see. And he followed it up. I mean, you think about, what was it, first and goal after that long play by
1: Michigan that, you know, Eric Brell trips, falls, Wisconsin chases a guy down inside the ten and yet they it's a good adversity defense. Mike McCarthy used to always Packers coach always talk about adversity defense. When anything hits you, that's adversity defense. Two plays later, fumble, Wisconsin recovers and I think those were the two plays of the game for me. The 4th and 1 on the first drive and then the fumble inside the inside the 10 by Michigan. Those
2: were probably the two biggest plays of the game. That set the tone. Yeah, you love to you love to see the fight from the defense like that is just not to give up, keep trying, keep giving it your all and you know, when you play tough, when you play hard, you get breaks like that. You get turnovers like that. And we've seen it before from Michigan, especially, you know, Shea Patterson, is the, are these fumbles that they just seem to be, you know, given away in every single game. So knowing that, you have to play for that as a defense, knowing that's a very, very, you know, possibility. So, I yeah, know it definitely was. Wisconsin
1: uh, hammers Michigan. Now they get Northwestern coming up on Saturday. And Northwestern won the Big Ten West last year. They went 8-1, and one. actually. And Paul mentioned this Today, when he was talking to reporters, he said, "This is the same record that Northwestern had at this time last year. They were one and two, you know, coming out of the non-conference. And obviously, they um, and they went on and they won a whole bunch of games and they won the Big Ten West and went on to the Big Ten championship game." Is Wisconsin at this point, though, based on what you've seen through the first three weeks, is Wisconsin the favorite in the Big Ten West, Bill? Do you think they are after what they've shown to this point?
4: I think from what they've shown for because sure. because they
1: weren't coming into the year. It was Nebraska. Yeah. and it was Iowa, and then it was Wisconsin.
4: Well, I think it's going to come down. They have really, really, and we're getting ahead of ourselves right now. But you well, talk about we you we talk to, about Nebraska that, right? at Nebraska later in the season with Scott yeah. Frost. I think they're just continuing to get better. I've not sure. watched a ton of it, but um, I know that's always going to be a, a tough game. Well, they got a big one to go there, and yeah, then they, Iowa at home too. Yeah, they got right? a big
1: one this week. They got a big one. Nebraska does. They get Ohio State at home. They they yeah. barely got by Illinois this past week. Uh, uh, Nebraska did on the road but maybe looking ahead to Ohio State coming here coming there on Saturday night but i i mean Wisconsin has clearly been the most impressive team to this point have they
4: not they have for sure okay it's it's so early i mean there's three games in but right now i think they've been by far the most impressive there's no question about it
3: Brady you think so too yeah i would agree i mean playing a top top ranked opponent in michigan this week hand, handling your uh, your first two opponents i think it's going to come down to a week by week battle, as Bill said. And I think we still revert back to that mindset because it was pounded into us it's, for years yeah, and years. It's and years hard. And years,
1: I'm, like, I'm like sitting here trying to, t- you know, asking <laughs> you guys about, you know, what's going to happen down the road, and you're just like Northwestern, Northwestern. Oh, well, it's Western, and I totally get that because I know I didn't even though the Packers are playing tonight, that's
3: true.
4: I can't believe it's only been three games. It right. feels like we're halfway through the season. Yeah, just with how, how it's gone, and that's a good thing though. But I feel like there's. The good thing about Coach Chris' um, team is they just continue to get better each week. And that's that's the mentality and that's the motto. And, I mean, there's still a lot of good football ahead. So yeah. we'll see.
2: Mike, it's it's one thing for us to think, you know, the Badgers are good. The Badgers are destined for the Big Ten Championship. But I think the Badgers think they are destined for the Big Ten. You know, at this point, I think they finally start to get some confidence. They can see what they do. They just demolished a. A a great Michigan football team, that's such a confidence builder within the the locker room to think that, you know what, our coach trusts us. We see our offense hum as a defense. You know what, we have a great offense. Let's be an equal defense and and vice versa. So I think the more games you can play like that as a complete football game, the further you get into the season, the confidence starts to build. You know, you get those big games, not to get ahead of ourselves, but Ohio State. You just live for those moments. You accept the challenge. And Northwestern this week, and I think, you know what, it's another opportunity to prove exactly who we are as a
3: Badgers football team. Do you think with this team and the the personnel they have, it could be a negative too at this point, as far as getting too confident? Or you think these guys got it in check?
2: I think I think more confidence the better, right? As long as as long as you don't get too far ahead of you, but you know what you got, you know what what you can do, and just backing up like you said you would. I mean that's a that's a boost.
3: I agree, and I think the coaching this coaching staff, you know, from Bostead to Rudolph to Coach Chris. Jimmy Leonard, I think they'll keep the guys in check if that ever did become an issue. How much does
1: last year help that though? Because you you, you did get so much hype and everything leading into last year, and people you know just think you're going to go out there and roll, and it didn't happen. How much does last year help you keep focus this year? You think?
2: Yeah, like Brady just said, you got coaches in there. I mean, last year we weren't that great. Those coaches are going to remind those kids, you know, about last year and getting too far ahead of you and all the hype like that. So you love to see the the first three games go so well, but also keep in mind, like, hey. It's only three games. There's a lot left to play. Keep doing what you're doing, and good things will happen. A lot of tough games left to play, certainly, including Northwestern, who's always given Wisconsin
1: trouble, whether in Madison or in Evanston. Though the 2010 game, we're going to talk about the 2010 game because I have some questions about the 2010 game and what happened in the Rose Bowl after that. I know that's probably not a great memory for any of you guys, but I'm going to ask about it anyways. Coming back on the other side, you're listening to the Wisconsin Football Roundtable live from Coaches Club in Cross Plains.
0: This is the Wisconsin Football Roundtable on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. This is the Wisconsin Football Roundtable with Zach Heilprin on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
1: Yes, welcome back into the Wisconsin Football Roundtable, live from Coaches Club in Cross Plains. We're here every Thursday from 5 until 6, talking Badgers. Wisconsin looking to move to 3-0, or excuse me, 4-0, for the third time in Paul Chris' five years. Uh, they play Northwestern, and they are a huge favorite. Wisconsin's favored by 24.5. That's the biggest spread since the uh, 2010 game that all of our former Badgers here, Bill Nagy, Brady Ewing, and Mike Taylor. They were part of that 2010 team. Um, you guys won that, what was it, 70 something? How many points did you score, Bill? It was like 70. It was 73 yeah. to something horrible.
4: I think it was in the 70s.
1: I think I know you scored 70. I couldn't remember exactly what I always, it was. I always
4: get that game and the Indiana game mixed up because it was like. Because you went 83 eight, and one and
1: 70 something in the other. You know, something ridiculous. <laughs> a lot too uh, little. <laughs> yeah, um, embarrassing. It was. Well, for Northwestern, of course. And you clinched the Big Ten. Well, what was it called back then? It was the. No, it was, it was just the Big Ten title. Oh, yeah, they didn't they didn't
4: have it split it, up yet. The
1: game was not yeah, the Big Ten championship game was not until the following year. Um, you went to the Rose Bowl. That game was in late November. You guys had been rolling at that point. I mean, you, you had not been stopped since uh, really since the Michigan State game where you owned, yeah. I think it was it guys lost by 10 that game. you had taken care of pretty much everybody else outside of Iowa by double digits. You had a month off. And then you go and play undefeated TCU in that uh, in the Rose Bowl. You lose that Rose Bowl. I've always said that if you had played a week after that Northwestern game, you guys blow TCU out. What do you think, Bill? Agree or no? Hard to say. Because you guys were playing so well, like that month off kind of killed the momentum, right? We
4: were we were playing very very well, but I think people discount TCU. For, well, I'm not sitting here saying we, we, were you guys, you, we should have won played that well game. That? There's no doubt about it that we should have won that game. I
1: was going to say, do you think he played well in that game? Do TCU, I think we played well? TCU game? No, I shouldn't say you because you're probably thinking offensive line. I'm talking about Wisconsin in general. Do you think he played well in that game?
4: I think it was a very competitive game on both sides of the ball. I yep. thought it was a well-played game, but I also think that TCU did some things to keep us out of our flow as well. Okay. Um, but there were no big plays that they led up and no big i mean it was kind of a possession by possession game
1: it was not the type of game that the 2010 team
4: had played for much of that year right yeah absolutely okay yeah it was two well-coached teams going at it but yeah i think we should have won the game there's no doubt about that i don't yeah no <laughs> <laughs> mike uh, i was just gonna say i mean we'll
2: like you? You said, 30 yeah. days off that's a know, lot and given the 2010 year we had a pretty tight group of players You know, we all lived together. We all had fun. And when you got 30 days off in in Madison, there's only one thing to do in the winter, right, and that's just to (laughs) kind of go and have fun, snow days, you know, drink your your bush lattes. and (laughs) You don't practice a whole lot those first week or two. Um, Sure. You know, personally, I I think I was hurt after that Northwestern game, so I love to time off. Um, But, yeah, I think any time you're off for 30 days like that, to kind of get back in the swing of things you got to get back into football shape um you go so long without hitting people without tackling tackling people your wide receivers and quarterbacks timings maybe a little off um you just kind of get too comfortable so i mean we're talking all the way back to tcu but you know if we would have played uh, the next week or maybe two weeks later sure we played better but like bill said we probably should have won the game right we had a, a great offense that year, a great offensive line. Monty Ball was humming. Jake John Clay was humming. Um, defense is okay. Um, I think in that game, our D backs were maybe a little a <laughs> little soft. Ooh. I want to oh, say oh. okay, all right. Oh. T- yeah, but would think, you would you yeah. would you like to expand on that a little bit? All I can say is you know I think we gave up the f- – a touchdown pass. There was a touchdown pass. to Annie Dolan. I know there's a long touch or a long throw that maybe led to that touchdown pass. So I don't think it was I don't think it was Devin Smith's best game. Two or three big plays like that. Guess what? Seven points. It was only what a twenty-three to twenty game.
4: Yeah. We don't Something need to like single that. out anybody, but it's a different dynamic. Yeah, no, it's it's a I different did. dynamic. <laughs> I did a different dynamic when you have four or five weeks to prepare. There is no Big Ten championship game. We're talking late November to January first, um, and I think. Even still, when you look at bowl games, they're a completely different animal. And how you prepare for them is also different. For so, sure. Um, yeah, it was just a lot of, lot of time in between. So was that a factor? I'm sure it was. But, again, going back to it, I mean, you have a quarterback in Andy Dalton that's still playing. He you do have a couple receivers that are still playing in the league. They had a few defensive guys that are probably still, I mean, they had a good team, too. And I, I just, people don't people don't realize that they actually had some pretty darn good talent, too, and they were very well coached.
1: Well, you know, TCU was favored in that game.
4: See, I didn't even know that.
1: Yeah, I mean, TCU was favored in that game despite how good you guys had been down the stretch. They were favored in that game, which was a bit of a surprise. And they were undefeated for a reason, and they proved it. But uh, Brady, you guys had an opportunity for a two-point conversion. After that touchdown, would you have liked to have seen they passed it and it was knocked down? It was a great play. I mean, the guy was wide open, but it was a great play by the, I think it was a line It might have been Tank Carter Tank, yeah.
3: Yeah, Tank. Uh, who
1: knocked it down. Would you have rather seen a run in that situation? Because you had run the ball right down their throat on that drive. I'm, I'm, I'm just, I, I'm putting all this together in my mind because uh, I was at that game as a fan and it sticks out. And I'm just wondering, there's been a lot of talk. Should you have run it there? Should you have passed it? What do you think?
3: For sure. And, and you look at a team like Wisconsin, that's probably what you would expect us to do, right? is stick with what got us to that point. Right. But I think if you actually take a step back and look at the play call, and Pedersen, I think it was Ped, was pretty much wide open in the he end zone was? at that point. That was a first was mistake, more, throwing a <laughs> Ped. <laughs> Ped's our guy, so we can crack on him. But um, Yeah, you know, he's wide open. You know Tank Carter's blitzing. You talk to Kevin Zeitler, who's the guy that he was blitzing towards, He's he'll tell you, oh, my gosh, I should have got my hands on him. You know, he wouldn't have been able to jump up and knock that ball down. Um but he was wide open. He so was. I So I think it was a, a solid play call. Obviously caught TCU off guard, and uh, Tank Carter was at the right place at the right time, made a great play. And, um, you know, going into a game, you, you go into the game with a few two-point conversion plays. Yeah. You might have a run. You might have a, a pass. And I think, um, you know, given the situation and, and catching him off guard, I thought it was a solid play call. But hindsight's always twenty twenty. for me. Sure.
1: <laughs> it definitely is. No, I, don't, I mean, I don't think anybody can sit there and say, the guy was wide open. I mean, it yeah. was a... Paul made a great call and it was the play was there and it just didn't happen because the guy a guy made a better play. It is what it is, but what is a lo- what's a locker room like after a loss like that? It was it would end up being in I don't mean to jab the knife in Mike, but it'd be the first of three straight Rose Bowl losses. What's what's the locker room like after that? I
2: mean, we had that was a game where JJ J. Watt was crying, was, was it? The, I was about to say the the theatrics of JJ J. Watt in the post-game. I had to bring that guy a towel for all those <laughs> tears. Well,
1: what's, what's, what's a, what is the locker room like in that situation? Because
2: you had Cause so many I mean, seniors that It's quiet, but also it's the last game. It's a celebration, right? You yeah. want to win that yeah. last game, and especially it being the Rose Bowl, the culmination of the whole year. You know, it's, what are they, it's the grandfather of them all, right? Is that It's granddaddy. It? Granddaddy of them all. I mean, you want to win that game. You want to do it for your team, your school, all that. But guess what? We lost there's not much you can do after that. You can you can hang your head and cry like some, <laughs> or you can just you know take it in and try to get better and um you know look forward to the next year. Like I said, it sucks to lose such a, a great game like that, but yeah. I guess you know you got to get over it. You do.
1: Bill was it, obviously it was your last game, so what was it a little bit different for you? Were you JJ Watt tearing? You know what? Not, um, not to bash the guy. Yeah, no, crying. absolutely,
4: and I, there are emotions for sure, sure and it, it's not in that moment you're not thinking about i'm upset because i lost a football game it's because you're not going to get to play with your teammates and guys you you know grew to become a part of that unit that did a lot of special things um and then just the the unknown of some guys may never play another game after that yeah right? um but yeah i think like anything else like the last game it's I mean, it's going to go one or two ways. You got a winner, you got to lose, right? Yeah. Um, but it was unfortunate we had to go out that way. But uh, yeah, looking back on it, I mean, it was it was a heck of a run.
3: Yeah, I'd follow suit with that. I, you know, as a junior at the time, I think the biggest thing not only are you not going to play with that team again, but you hear Coach Chris say it a lot with Senior Day and bowl games. You want to send those seniors out on the right foot too. And as a as a teammate, you know, I was always second guessing myself. What could I have done better here? um this situation or you know this read um to put the team in the best place to win for the seniors for the team and obviously selfishly too but um you know in that moment after the game you're thinking about the team and and those seniors that you feel like you almost let down to yeah a certain extent.
1: big recruiting weekend for Wisconsin last weekend uh, they bring in they get two more commits including a big four star tackle out of Minnesota We'll talk about that on the other side and maybe get some of the memories from potentially your official visits to Wisconsin, some of what that all entailed. Coming up on the other side, you're listening to the Wisconsin Football Roundtable live from Coaches Club in Cross Plains.
0: This is the Wisconsin Football Roundtable on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. This is the Wisconsin Football Roundtable with Zach Heilprin on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. And welcome back into the Wisconsin
1: Football Roundtable. We're live from Coaches Club in Cross Plains. Place going to be really busy coming up here in a little bit as the Packers get ready to take on the Eagles in Thursday Night Football. Looking to get to four and zero for the first time since 2015. Matt Lafleur could become the first Packers coach to win his first four games in history of that franchise we're talking badgers with uh, former badgers bill nagy brady ewing and mike taylor and before the break i wanted to talk a little bit about the recruiting because it was a big recruiting weekend for wisconsin last week they uh reeled in a couple of players including a four-star tackle out of minnesota he's the top player in the 2021 class uh had offers from pretty much every well a lot of big ten teams and uh, including minnesota i think wisconsin starting to treat minnesota like it's in-state recruiting again, which <laughs> I'm sure everybody in Wisconsin loves to see. But I kind of want to talk about the official visits that all these guys come on. It's it's a little bit different now. You can come a little bit earlier, but all of you guys took official visits to Wisconsin. You did, and I'm sure you took official visits uh, elsewhere, at least some of you. Brady, what was the uh, the thing that stood out most about your official visit? It was a little bit different than,
3: I think, probably most, right? It was, yeah. I came on the, the walk-on weekend of the official visits, and... Just thinking back to it now as you say that, I think the biggest thing that stuck out to me was the food. Um, whether it was the steaks or you know, the lobster at dinner. Hanging out with the guys was pretty cool. Um, you know, if I think back to one of the, the funnier things that happened is uh, Pat Butcherum and Blake Sorensen were my hosts. And so as they you know, we did our festivities of the night and and went to just go check out State Street and walk around and I was wearing my letter jacket. Getting ready for the, the rich and big, letter jacket, letter, jacket, the big, where, big huh? letter jacket guy back big in high school, yeah. <laughs> and uh, Pat Buttram. Nice medals. <laughs> <laughs> Pat Buttram looked at me and he goes, you better leave that one here at the dorm room. <laughs> so left left the uh, the letter jacket at the dorm room and uh, he had to bring that down to the stadium the next morning for me. So no, it was a fun night. Get to know the team a little bit, experience campus and, uh, and get to know it a little bit. That's How awesome. about you, Bill? How was your time? It was fun. On your visit? It was fun.
4: So I had big Jeff Staley, Danny Cascone, Garrett Graham, some East Coast guys showing me around. Um, it was actually, so the weekend I was in town for my official visit, it was uh, the Iowa game. It was Barry's last home game. Oh, that's pretty um, cool. Yeah. Uh, they unfortunately didn't pull out the victory, but it was a uh, it was a fun weekend to, to be in town and to just kind of get that um, Camp Randall atmosphere for an official visit. Because so I know some guys like to go, or they have them for their official visits in the in the summer now. And with the you know new signing period, the early signing period, some guys are doing their official visits in the summer. And I just I don't feel like they get the full camp Randall campus student body experience with everybody there.
1: Well, usually you like to do it on a big game day, right? I mean, like so you can get that full experience. And usually it's a sometimes it's a night game. Obviously, they weren't able to do it. Michigan ended up being the big day, and it. Turned out quite well. Like Mike, how does that? Uh, how does that impact recruits? Do you think does it matter? I mean, for you as a state kid, it probably didn't matter a ton that you get, got to come see a big game. Did you get to see? I'm assuming all this stuff. Did you get to come see a big game
2: or no? Um, do you for remember? my official visit, I think I came in December. Okay, so no, early okay. December, late December, when we had our uh, you know annual banquet after the season. Type okay, of thing. sure. So yeah. Obviously, went to a couple of unofficial visits. Went to an Iowa game. Um, but a fit official visit wise, I thought it was just cool to come down and kind of see the players that are also being recruited that might be your teammates and maybe even your competition somewhere else or even on your team if there's fellow linebackers that are it's like, huh? So this is who you're recruiting. You know, this is gonna be my competition. Kind of was went through went through <laughs> yeah. my head is all right. I, I see what I got to do. This guy's big. This guy's fast or whatever. So it's like, okay, I got to go back to my school, my hometown, and and get a little better and. And all that, so I don't. Know, mine was a little different. Didn't go to a game. Just kind of measured up, eyed up by, you know, my, my my future teammates. And you know, we went out. Obviously, Blake Sorens was my my host, and he treated me, you know, pretty well. Went out <laughs> and checked out Ian's pizza. And sure, of course. Some other nice. What other what other <laughs> <establishments>? <laughs> what other establishments did you visit that night? Went to the hotel later that night and just went back to bed. And sure, of course. Called it a good night. So <laughs> it was a fun visit. Fun to fun to meet your future teammates for sure. Okay, uh, honestly, though, we're out, we no, I'm not just kidding. But, do you, like, you have to be careful at that point, right? I mean, you have to. It was wrestling season for me, so I wasn't there to have you there tons ever, of fun. It was yeah. like, you know what, I'm going to come down for the night, visit Madison, haven't really been here before, take it all in, and then go back up to Green Bay. That's about it. They show you a good time, though, Bill? You yeah. You get, you get the
1: offense. I'm assuming, you go out with the offensive linemen? Yeah, offensive
4: linemen, defensive linemen. It was, it was fun to get to know the guys and. Um, being from out of state, being from Cleveland area, um, coming in, it was it was cool to uh, like everybody else said, just get to <laughs> hang out with the guys and be a part of it. But it was also fun being a host to other recruits. Sure. Um, along the way,
1: did you who's the who were some of the guys that you had to host or got to host? I should
4: so. Say. Kevin Zeitler. Okay. I don't know. You guys have heard of Kevin Zeitler? Did, he, <laughs> did he talk at all on his visit? You know what? I've never seen somebody shotgun a protein shake faster than Kevin Zeiland. <laughs> and that is the truth. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, he wears
1: those shirt. He, wears, he is the ultimate medium guy, isn't he? Yeah, he had a sweatshirt on that he kept. Up.
4: Yeah, he rolled the sleeves up with his hoodie.
3: To his biceps. Yeah. <laughs> Not just, you know, mid-forearm. Mid yeah. He goes all the way mid-bicep <laughs> on the roll-up. Yeah. yeah, well, hey, it
1: worked out. He ended up being, what, one of the higher highest-paid uh, guards in, in the NFL he's right still now? Still playing. Yeah, yeah. so... Well, I mean, I, I just think official visits and, and the recruiting—those are, are how key is that to landing guys? Do you think official visits? Does it, did it make a huge impact
3: in your recruitment at all? For me personally, this is the place I always wanted to be. See, I think it's a little bit different. Um, so it's a little, probably a little different for, for Wisconsin kids. I'm sure it's a little bit different. You know, you look at somebody like you know the four-star tackle from Minnesota or you know Graham Mertz. Every kid's wired differently. Whether it's you know the facilities or. You know, Wisconsin's wearing new uniforms this weekend. Some kids like the flash with that. Um, Some kids like the program prestige, the Michigan, the Wisconsin, the Ohio State, the Alabama, whatever it may be. Um, Every kid's drawn a little different. I think the secret sauce is in the coaches and the recruiters understanding what that is. Yeah. Um, You know, whether it's the family dynamic, uh, the support they can get academically. Um, I think that's what this coaching staff is doing well, is they're still finding Wisconsin guys from being blue-collar, Hardworking guys that fit the program, um, but according to some of the sites and all the rankings, they're finding that you know top or, top level recruit that has a little bit more stars too. So right. that's been cool to see, and then to see the product continue to go out there and and do it in the Wisconsin way has been been fun. You think about the biggest, rec- well, the guys that are playing this year for Wisconsin. Some of them not highly recruited. Leo Chanel for one.
1: when I mean, he's a kid from Grantsburg, Wisconsin. Like, didn't get a whole bunch of offers, but he's playing right away for Wisconsin because. He's a really good player, and it's just sometimes it just works that Wisconsin gets those type of kids. Uh, it's not a
4: mistake, though. No. It isn't, because there's a lot of staffs out there that are not doing the due diligence to actually watch the tape. Sure. They're just chasing stars, and that's not how Wisconsin does it, being a part of the staff room where actually sit down as a staff and watch the high school kids' tape. There's not a lot of people out there that are doing that, and that's where I think the likes of Gary Anderson – and some of the other coaches out there, the PJ Flex, they chase stars, and they just try to sell a kid on something, but they don't even understand the actual guy that they're looking for.
1: The insane thing about Gary Anderson was the number of scholarships he gave out. He would give – it seemingly he would give one to everyone. I know I know of a recruiting analyst that walked into a school and say, I heard you're offered by Wisconsin. The kid didn't even know he had been offered by Wisconsin. Because, like, <laughs> they just – Because they, they were just giving out offers to everybody. And, that guy's you know, a joke. <laughs> and it, 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 <laughs> Gary Anderson? <laughs> yeah. Okay. What, what's your? What, what do you mean by that?
4: Well, my take on him is he—he just—and I don't mean him joke as a person, but he just was not a Wisconsin guy. No, right? He—he he didn't understand who we were recruiting. He didn't understand the in-state identity. And I'm an out, out-state guy, and I quickly learned with you know the walk-on it's like Brady here, Jimmy Leonard, all the guys that have you know earned it. That's what Wisconsin football is. It's a it's a program where you develop. It's not a we're going to have a bunch of stars and we're going to show up and win games. Bringing in JUCO's. No, it's it right. started you know day one with Ross and the strength and conditioning staff. And when I was there, it was Detman and Herbs and Bot and all those guys. Yeah, um, yeah. I, and it was a obviously a recommitment to that
1: uh, when Paul came back in, and even more so actually this offseason. Not thinking they were strong enough last year it was it was a huge thing in, in the. Uh, strength training um you mentioned the the uniforms and whether some people have any interest in that wisconsin's going to wear not necessarily throwback uniforms this year but alternate throwbacks they're trying to get back to what it was like in the 1890s celebrating the 150th anniversary of uh college football and the northwestern will wear something similar uh as both those teams have first played in 1890 we'll talk about the uniforms uh, coming back on the other side of the break you're listening to the wisconsin football roundtable live from coaches club in cross planes.
0: This is the Wisconsin Football Roundtable on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. This is the Wisconsin Football Roundtable with Zach Heilprin on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
1: Welcome back into the Wisconsin Football Roundtable, live from Coaches Club in Cross Plains, joined by former Badgers Bill Nagy, Brady Ewing, and Mike Taylor. Badgers going to be wearing alternate uniforms when they play Northwestern this Saturday. Uh, both teams will be. It's in celebration of the 150th anniversary of the uh, college football. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen the. Have you guys seen the uniforms at all, Brady? You've seen them.
3: Yeah, I saw them on Twitter, so, social media. Yeah,
1: yeah. So they're so they're red jerseys with a big UW right in the middle, tan pants, black uh shoes and the helmets are white with a big uw on the side of them i don't i guess i didn't it's probably irrelevant to describe them but i'm just wondering in talking to the players this week they're huge fans of wearing alternate uniforms i mean they were huge fans of wearing black shoes this past week i mean i know that that's what brett Vilma brought like in 2000 when he first took over like wearing black shoes all the time but this is the first time they would worn black shoes in a long long time how big of a I don't think of a factor is, I mean, how much do players enjoy that? Or I, I'm not even going to ask Mike because I can already tell he's like, I don't care. Um, but uh, Brady, what do you think? In, in, in going back to the uh, the stripe out from last week, and I know you, Mike didn't really give a
2: crap. I was just going to say, you no, know, I kind of like the uh, alternate <laughs> jerseys. Okay, you no, know, we played Nebraska in 2012. All, was it like but, those? You didn't like them. I liked. It. I think the players. Whether they're ugly or not, it's like, well, we got new jerseys. Wisconsin's so bland all the time with like the white white on white or yeah. red on white, and we never do anything different. So anytime you get a, a different type of helmet or a different type of jersey or pants, I think it was pretty cool to put something,
3: put some different threads on. I misread the situation. I apologize. <laughs> uh, Brady, what, what do you think? I think it's cool, and I think if the kids can get behind it um, and have fun with it, I think that's fine. I, I personally wouldn't get all fired up and jazzed up about it or – any more excited for the game but you know you look at it from a university perspective i actually think it might be in their contract with under armor that they do that sure on a you know biannual annual basis or something what? but um you know it's a way for under armor to sell more gear i don't necessarily like the style especially that they did it the same exact style for northwestern as well as uw right um maybe it was i think even before i got to uw 2007 they did a throwback game um, with the two thousand I think it was two thousand was it Stocko this year? Yeah it was two thousand five
4: 2005. 2005 against
3: Bowling year. Green, right? Yeah. And yeah, they, yeah those, uh, those, those were those uniforms yeah. were sweet. Those um, were the those were
1: the Richter uniforms from like the early nineteen sixties yeah. when they went to the to the Rose Bowl They had the had the number on the side of the helmet, they had
3: a W on the front. Yeah, simple jersey, you yeah. know. I I think those are cool. Um if the players are pumped up about it, sure, that's great. If Under Armour can sell some more gear, whatever, but um, I don't it didn't really you, you know like yeah, I don't really care, okay. and I think it's weird that they got the same style for both teams. Personally, Bill, did you do you like? Do you care? Does it matter? Don't care for off the Under Armour's
4: is going to get a fat check from it or whoever. <laughs> yeah, it's it's one of those deals where if you need a uh, uniform to get pumped up for a game, but, I, but whatever. This,
1: but you know, get kids these days like they love. I mean, and talking to the guys, this could, with, yeah. they loved it, and they apparently they've already. I was talking to Fayon Hicks, the cornerback. He said that they've already got something special planned for the Notre Dame game next year, which is obviously at Lambeau Field.
4: Sure, Under Armour yeah. team, of course, which yeah. makes well, sense. We but. got Northwestern this week. Notre Dame's uh, <laughs> 365. Okay, Dad. Yeah. <laughs> no.
3: But that's my take on it. Yeah, it's, you know, it's I got just you.
4: a jersey, you know. Right,
3: I got you. I got you. I do think those shoes look sweet, though. They did with the, the black with the, shoes with the white, the white uh, laces. Those are pretty cool. All right. <laughs>
1: Uh, w- Wisconsin has uh, under Gary Anderson. We were talking about. Um, i was going to go ahead and say we were talking about the clown in the last segment, and you know he Whoa. brought he brought back alternate uniforms, right? He they had the red helmets with the black like the bat- black accents. Like I thought that of all the things that he did at Wisconsin,
3: <laughs> that was the mo- that was the he most did, positive.
1: He did two positive things for Wisconsin. <laughs> he brought Dave Aranda to Wisconsin and brought the three-four defense, which has worked out perfectly great for Wisconsin. And he brought alternate uniforms back. I kind of like the black, like the black accents, the red helmets. Like I know Barry was not a huge fan of them, and I know Paul Chris certainly isn't a huge fan of them. But I kind of liked them. I thought it give a little
2: flavor to it. They still have those black accent helmets. No, no, okay,
1: no. That's Paul. As soon as Paul Chris, right, okay. yeah, no. This on the white on white though, right? Helmets. Yep, the white on white, which is another good look. I mean, the white white helmets, white face, waist, yeah, yeah. All, well, all whites. Those look good. I mean, I, I don't know. Again i'm not gonna ask you bill i, I, can, no, already tell, I, I can already tell you don't care <laughs> if you on
4: my honest take i think yes. they need the nfl socks like iowa has okay i think those are sweet what do you mean the half um, and half yeah, yeah the half and half oh socks. sure yeah yeah for some reason i think that that makes you look um more for,
3: professional for the throwback game or all the time just all the time yeah i remember when we had the black
2: socks back when we played i thought that was kind of goofy with the white pants and the the black shoes
4: and the nor- like, black socks. All of a sudden, knee highs. I had like three holes in a pair of <laughs> socks. i still asking yeah. Peeler, the equipment guy, for new ones.
2: You know, the alternate alternate uniform I was a fan of was was it TCU game with the red pants? Do we have red pants that game? Those are the big game pants. Yeah. The big game pants. I yeah. think we had it maybe two years later in the third Rose Bowl against yep. Stanford as well. I, I thought those were cool. Kind of throwback to the Rose Bowl type games with with Coach Alvarez. That was that was cool to get some red pants on. Yeah, no Barry. Those were like Barry was like, the red like pants.
4: No,
3: yeah, big red pants guy. You're not red You, pants don't, you pants don't care guy. about
4: the red pants either, do you? A couple moose walking around.
2: if
3: You well, know what I'm saying? Didn't care.
4: <laughs> <laughs> red pants were uh, a little, little more slimming than the white on white. Okay, <laughs> that's what I was worried about. I was worried about that forty waist hanging over them white jones.
1: <laughs> uh, the big game, the big game red pants that Barry would break. He'd only bring it out for big games, right? It was like so, like. I remember like the '95 Penn State game where they were—they had a long, long winning streak that Wisconsin snapped. Uh, the, the '99 Rose Bowl that Wisconsin won—it was only for big games They they bring them out. And I think Brett kind of subscribed to that as well. Though the '2007 game where you guys went red on red with
4: white helmets—do you remember that? That was not good, right? That was not good at all. It was ugly. What game was that?
3: Was that? It, it was an FCS game. Yeah,
4: it was Citadel. Oh my goodness! We were like losing at halftime or something. Or was it yeah, tied was- or?
3: I was actually at that game oh as goodness. an unofficial visitor, watching the game. I think and I booed at half-time. halftime. Exactly, that's yeah. what I was going to say. These guys, uh, yeah, not good. Th- I think not, I not a good I look.
1: I don't think Barry was a fan of those either.
4: No, yeah, no. those never should come out ever again. So, because so it was because of the uniforms, right? Of
1: course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. play, what is it? What does it feel good? Play yeah, good. Look good. Look good, feel, feel good. good. Yeah. yeah,
4: look good, feel good, play good, in that order. It
1: did not go well for that game, but yeah. uh, you guys did win that with yeah. Tyler Donovan leading things.
4: Yeah. Skyler Donovan.
1: <laughs> I feel like there's an inside joke. You want to you explain that or no? No. Okay, all right. Uh, we'll move on. Wisconsin does take on Northwestern. What is it about Northwestern that has given, you think, Wisconsin trouble? Like, obviously, Paul Chris, that's the only team in the West that he's lost to more than once.
4: It's the away locker room. Tiny, right? Terrible. Worst locker room I've ever been in my life. I don't know if they've changed it lately, but that's... It's, absolutely terrible i was getting dressed in the parking lot i remember it has no to, i don't lie. think it has changed i think it's still it's still in the same spot you know what the locker is it's a nail in the wall hang hang your shirt up hang everything up that's all it is was there any nice locker room yeah. that you went to i was locker? nice you like the pink you're a pink big pink guy Oh, no, it's like the nicest locker room there is i'll take well, pink big. all they day got, they got big yeah. lo- My Uh, understand. They must have
1: changed that since your time, because I remember talking to a few guys older than you that said like they have no star, they have no uh, door on the stalls. Michigan
4: State, maybe Purdue, I think too. It has Michigan State, yeah. Michigan Michigan State State was just like, yeah, it was just a toilet in the middle of the room.
1: (laughs) Right. That's yeah. That's what. That's what they were saying. It wasn't good. So that was so. So obviously (laughs) that that's the only reason why any struggles at at uh, Northwestern not anything to do with the team you know what so
4: it's it's just a different routine so you drive there one so it's a different deal you're you know you're on a bus usually you're taking a flight um usually stay somewhat away from the field so there's a little bit of a commute and then the fans i mean there's more wisconsin fans it just doesn't have that atmosphere sure grass is always long and just kind of feel too little lethargic going into the game
3: Yeah, Yeah. and I think with that, they've found some confidence and they know that they can compete with us on an annual basis. So I think, you know, you talk about playing there at an 11 o'clock game when a quarter of the stadium's full and it seems like half of them are Wisconsin fans and just the energy or the lack of energy in the stadium. I think that's played a big deal in it. And then they know, and even in the past couple years, they know they can compete with about anybody on any given Sunday or Saturday too. Well,
4: and people forget Mike Hankowitz was a part of the staff that played against Paul for how long, like three years? He knows the Wisconsin deal. Like, he's always prepared. They're a well-coached team, smart kids. Um, all, thats not going to be something that's lacking. Like, they're going to be prepared mentally. It's the physical stuff that's going to, you know. The
2: thing with Northwestern is like, like Bill said, they're smart kids. They come from the same area, they're Midwest kids, coached well, and they're probably kids that dreamed of playing on the Badgers team or these, you know, these bigger uh, Big Ten schools, and they get to play this week. A Badgers team with a target on their back is, you know what? These are the uh, we're already, you know, calling them the champions of Big Ten uh, West already. So it's like, you know what? These kids want to be those guys. They were that last year, right? They were the champions last year. So it's like, you know what? This week we have a chance to go play the, yeah. you know, the Wisconsin Badgers with the target on their back that are already crowned the champions. Yep. If I'm on the Northwestern team, I'm, I'm using that as motivation. We got to wrap this up. Don't we, we do. We
1: do. Uh, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Uh, we'll be back next week. You've been listening to the Wisconsin Football Roundtable live from Coaches Club in Cross Plains.
0: This is the Wisconsin Football Roundtable on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.